Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. This is episode number 290. And my name is Henry. Just me this time around. Hope that's okay, but still will be a great show. Thanks always for joining us. If you have not hit that subscribe button yet, please do right now. Give us a rating, give us a review. And thank you to all those who have recently. We really do appreciate it. This time around, I'm going to be tackling the final two films in the DC Extended Universe. We have done parts one, technically parts one and two on bonus shows, which you can check out at filmbuds.bandcamp.com and some reviews on the regular show, but we have done the entire DCEU up until this point on the show, so you can please check out those episodes if you haven't yet. First, we're going to be doing Blue Beetle and then ending off with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which usually I start with the newer film on regular shows like this, but because we've done the full DC universe in linear fashion in that timeline. I'm starting off with blue beetle and then we'll be finishing off with the last one in that universe, which is Aquaman. So other than that, if you've not checked out our mini marathon series, which is something I've just started over the last couple of weeks, please do so. It's on the regular feed. It's basically going to be five mini episodes released all at once doing all different kinds of movies. So I figured if you just want short, sweet, in-and-out reviews, no trailers, no music, no nothing, you can check that out and just blow through them real quick. And so far, they've been pretty popular, so I appreciate everybody listening. Besides that, Elle will be back next week and she'll update you on all the stuff that's been going on with her. And so I don't want to go into any of that just yet because it's more pertinent to her. Back to work these days for me, not a whole lot else to say. Sadly, I'm a little boring, but... Oh, and as always, if you have not checked out our bonus show page, go to filmbuds.bandcamp.com, and we have about 70-plus bonus shows there, so please subscribe there, donate, all that good stuff. There's a lot of great content there. Well, let's go ahead and get into DC. I want to talk some DC movies, so let's get into Blue Beetle. And we do have a clip, so take a listen. What is he talking about? He's talking about this. <gasps> oh, I forgot how bad it looks. No, I've seen worse. Where? You don't want to know. Okay, what the hell is this thing? It's it's called the Scarab. It was given to my dad when I was a kid. Uh, it's some kind of a world-destroying weapon. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so, Blue Beetle is directed by Angel Manuel Soto, stars Zolo, Marduena, Bruna Marquezini, Becky G, George Lopez, Damian Alcazar, Susan Sarandon. And the synopsis is an alien scarab 
chooses Jaime Reyes to be its symbiotic host, bestowing the recent college graduate with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as Blue Beetle. So when this one came out, I think it took a lot of people by surprise. In terms of the actual DC universe itself, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why it's there. I know that because of the dwindling success and the changing of hands and all that, they did end off with The Lost Kingdom, whereas maybe if it had continued, they would have done sequels to this or incorporated it with other characters or something like that. I don't know, but this one being the second to last movie in the universe is a bit odd. Not to say it has any say on the quality of the movie, but the placement is a bit weird, I think. And also, as I'm sure it was with many, I had never heard of this character before. I didn't know it was even a DC property until I think after it had come out and finally got around to watching it just a couple of days ago along with Aquaman. Overall, I think it's watchable. I thought it was fun. It was fairly quick and breezy in terms of pacing. I think the origin story, as it is with a lot of characters like this, the origin story in the movie is the best part of the film to me. Like It's very Spider-Man in a way, like Tobey Maguire and also Tom Holland, I think, especially in terms of the personality, the testing out and usage of their powers and the suits and all that. It felt very Spider-Man in that way and in a good way, not really in a derivative way, just very much reminded me of that world. And I really like the main guy. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. George Lopez is amazing in the movie. I think that's something that I see all the reviews mention, but he is great. He is so enjoyable and charming and funny, and he's been hit and miss over the last couple of years, but I think he is excellent in this. But I think this director, he is fairly new to the blockbuster world, and he definitely has a good grip on the world itself, on that origin story and the creation and that development. However, I did find that once it got to be about halfway in where he was really established as that character, the plot really became quite generic and a little distant, a little uninteresting. And so I found that the first half was much better than the second for the most part. Not to say the second half was bad, but I did find myself sort of drifting off uh, in terms of interest and focus when the plot was really front and center because once that was happening, maybe it's because he's new to the blockbuster world, but whether it's the writing or his direction where he just doesn't have the finesse to handle all of that plot in a really creative way. I think there were moments for sure, like I said, but he handled that a little blandly, in my opinion. It's serviceable, but not much more than that. The suit itself like the blue beetle idea is really interesting and i like the injection or the cameo of chronos the guillermo del toro movie and sort of the callbacks to that in terms of the character creation i thought that was really well done also it is nice to see a hero in this world in this culture and that director definitely has a clearly a first-hand experience and a love of that culture and of that world so i really like having that sort of hero in a blockbuster film like this. That's nice to see, and we don't get that very often. Also, one character that I won't spoil the twists, really, but the Nana character, the grandmother, is awesome. 
she is so enjoyable, so funny, and the twists with her are ridiculous, but completely work for the context of the movie, and I really, really like that character. One moment that I found that really affected me, and I wrote about it on my Letterboxd review, there's a point, not to spoil it, in the middle part of the movie where one family member is endangered and they're like taken away and the family's like grieving there because they're at a loss of what to do and they're scared of what's happened to this person and the grandmother is like self-pity is not important right now we don't have time for it don't feel sorry for the situation nothing like that stop crying we need to finish the job at hand and then we can grieve later and then about another hour goes by and they accomplish what they want to do. And at the end of the movie, they come together again and she says, now we can cry. And there's this very authentic grieving moment for that character. And when it comes to superhero films, comic book films, it's pretty rare you get any sort of real weight in terms of emotional resonance. Not to say it's few and far between, but I think getting a line like that where it hits so well. And to me, it really is a great message for audiences because it's showing, all right, if you're in the middle of a crisis, something bad happens to someone or to something, don't just stop what you're doing. You know, don't say, oh, well, this is messed up. We have to stop and cry and we have to, we're not going to be able to move forward, blah, blah, blah. Instead, there's that, courageous inspirational message of finish what you started no matter what happens you'll always have time to grieve and to process your emotions later in a healthy in a calm in a safe space do that then but for right now focus and so i think that line really hit me well and that was a perfectly executed moment in that movie in terms of the initial setup and the follow-up at the end i thought that was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie doesn't make the movie a masterpiece i still think it's middle of the road when it comes to recent superhero films or dc movies but still enjoyable refreshing not too complicated an interesting world an interesting design good score good soundtrack the locations are very good and as i'm sure it is with most you could go into this movie not knowing anything about that character and I'm sure that we won't be getting a sequel to this movie considering that DC is now being run by James Gunn. But for what it is, it does the job for sure. And you could do a whole heck of a lot worse when it comes to superhero films. And we'll get to that spoiler in just a few minutes. So check it out for sure. That is a three out of five. All right. Well, let's get to Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And we do have a clip as well. Take a listen. Four years ago, I was basically unemployed. A wanderer with no home. But now, I'm a husband and a father. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm going to pops. My job was a little less stressful than yours. All right, so like Blue Beetle, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is now on Max to stream. Directed by James Wan, who also did the first one. Stars Jason Momoa, Patrick Wilson, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Amber Heard, Nicole Kidman, Randall Park, Dolph Lundgren, Martin Short, a few others. And the synopsis is, 
Black Manta seeks revenge on Aquaman for his father's death. Wielding the Black Trident's power, he becomes a formidable foe. To defend Atlantis, Aquaman forges an alliance with his imprisoned brother. They must protect the kingdom. Well, I, as I'm sure many did who follow the superhero world, I had heard a lot of rumors of production problems, reshoots, re-edits, that sort of thing, where the production was just plagued with problems. And I feel like this kind of movie where the entire thing is CG and you're having to do something that is quote-unquote underwater in terms of the effects, I'm sure it's never going to go smoothly. So I don't necessarily blame them for that, but I don't know the exact issues with the movie itself in terms of that. But I liked the first Aquaman. Initially, I didn't, but on rewatches, I think it's all right. I don't think it's amazing, but I did enjoy it. And even though Jason Momoa is not an amazing actor, I still like him. I think he has a good presence. He has some good charisma, charm, just physical presence as well. And when it comes to superhero films, anything that is sort of weird and bizarre and in a weird corner of the world, like Blue Beetle as well, I'm interested. And Aquaman definitely fits that bill. However, with that being said, I thought, to be blunt, this movie was terrible. Like it, I wanted to like it a lot, and I was actually liking it for the first maybe 15, 20 minutes. James Wan, he, to me, is better suited for horror. He's done the first Aquaman, this one, and then also Furious 7, and I think he just has a better knack for horror. His visual style can work. Like He has a good eye for weird creature designs and some good horror elements, but when it comes to really tight storytelling when it comes to this sort of fantasy world and action. I just don't think he really has it in him for the most part. There are sequences that work, but I don't think he was really the right choice to do this. And maybe when it comes to making a movie like this, there's no right choice considering how you have to go about producing it, but still. And going back to Jason Momoa, I don't necessarily blame him totally because some of it comes down to direction and how you shoot actors, but and it also goes back with James Wan too. I felt like the direction in this was so awkward, like how people are shot, these weird, broad, wide angles where they're having to say really cheesy lines and like it really came across as too goofy and lazy, not well set up, not well put together. And I felt like Jason Momoa, whether it was truly his fault or if it was just how James Wan directed it, I thought he was horrible in it. Really, everybody is like embarrassing in this. I actually like Amber Heard in this role and as Mira. And of while, of course, there's everything with her and Johnny Depp, I still like her in general as an actor. I don't think she's amazing, but I like her in this. And everybody else... Patrick Wilson, I mean, he's, I like him a lot in general, but he's not very good. Nicole Kidman, it feels very, very phoned in, autopilot sort of movie. The plot, once the plot kicks in, it goes nowhere. It's so surface level, pun intended there. Like, it's uninteresting. It's poorly written. There's no emotional weight to anything. I didn't care about what's going on. Like, when they go on land and it almost becomes like a, Peter Jackson King Kong sequence that's lame the final fight I don't mind Yahya Abdul-Mateen I think he's a good actor but the writing for him is terrible I don't care about his motivation where Aquaman caused his father to die and then he's like I'm gonna 
avenge my father and kill Aquaman. I don't care about that. Sorry. Like, sorry, your dad died. But at the same time, that's just not an interesting motivation. We didn't know your dad. You're not really a good guy. So that whole part of the movie did not work for me. And I love anyone who listens to the show frequently knows when it comes to DC, one of my favorite parts of that world are the villains. I love a good villain in DC. And usually when the villain sucks, the other parts of the movie are going to suffer too. So did not like that part of the film, the rest of the cast, like their writing, it's okay. It's serviceable, but there's just not enough weight to anything. The action is, eh, I felt like the first part, the first half or so where they're in Atlantis and you see the Atlantean shark fighter mobile things. I thought that was pretty creative. The, squid creature submersible vehicles. I thought that was very well done. So James Wan, again, he has a good eye for that stuff, but everything else, not so much. And visually, like effects-wise, it's pretty good. There are a few moments that looked a little weak in terms of the quality, but I liked how James Wan shot Atlantis. Like everything from the lighting to the overall fleshing out of the world itself, I thought that was well done, and I was actually interested in exploring that world but then it really just veers away from all that gets into a really uninteresting plot and i was waiting for this one to be over and it's only two hours which i was excited about but it feels like three i feel like the first one which was close to two and a half felt shorter than this one and the relationship between jason momoa and patrick wilson I don't mind that sort of dynamic but in terms of the redemption i guess of those characters in that relationship not well done not interesting at least to me it wasn't i know some people say that's like a saving grace of the movie i don't really think so i was pretty uninterested in all that so a very disappointing end to the dc extended universe for sure ended on a bad note still i love dc movies there's plenty of ones that i love way more than marvel but at the same time they do have a fair share of duds such as this one that Hard to excuse all the problems, but there are plenty that I would happily take over the best of Marvel. So hot take, maybe I don't know, but I really, really love DC and I'll always love DC despite their low lows. So if you have seen all the other movies, check it out. If you like Aquaman, yeah, I guess you got to watch it to a certain extent, but it is definitely one of the worst ones I've seen in a while. One of the worst DC movies that I've seen in a while. And I think last year was pretty horrendous uh, for DC, unfortunately, both critically and financially. I actually liked The Flash, which I reviewed on the part two of the DC bonus show. I actually thought that one was pretty solid despite some issues with it. Shazam, I did not like. Blue Beetle, as I just said, I thought was all right. And then I guess Black Adam was the year before, which I actually liked Black Adam more than I thought it would. So I am a defender of DC for sure, always will be. But this one, hate to say it was not good. Maybe it'll grow on me someday, but I really, really doubt it. Oh, uh, Randall Park. Love him. He's excellent. And I will say that he was very enjoyable, but everybody else, eh, not so much. So that one is a two out of five. And again, if you haven't checked out our full coverage of all the DC movies up until this point, please check out those two parts of the bonus show series on all the other movies. All right. Well, with the reviews done, I guess we can end off with picks of the week. 
So I rewatched Bad Reputation, which is the Joan Jett documentary, which for anyone who doesn't know, she was really the first big female punk rock star. She started off in The Runaways and then started later on Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And I love Joan Jett. I think she's amazing. I saw her in concert a few years back, which was incredible. She's very inspirational. She's so grounded and down to earth and clearly has a love of music and what she was able to push through in terms of all the sexism in the industry and still get to where she is, is amazing. So it's a really well done documentary, only about 90 minutes, has a lot of good cameos and interviews with other rock stars like Billy Joe Armstrong, my hero, he's in there, Iggy Pop and many others. So there's a lot of good interviews, a lot of good footage and plenty of good interviews with Joan Jett herself. So very well done documentary. If you like rock music, if you like music documentaries, entertainment documentaries, check it out for sure. It's definitely solid. And then I also rewatched, I showed a coworker, Lady Bird, which to me is one of the most easily rewatchable, digestible coming of age movies that I've ever seen. I love Lady Bird. I've seen it countless times at this point and really gets better every time I watch it. It's really funny. It's really grounded. There's good drama and emotion there. It feels very real in terms of problematic families and growing up and trying to figure yourself out. Like I think all that stuff really works. Even not being a woman, I think it still feels very true to form. So definitely check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Greta Gerwig's, I guess, big break before Barbie. So she definitely has a very good track record so far. And then lastly... I watched a movie for the first time called May from 2002, which is a cannibal film, sort of a niche genre there. And it's about a woman who is one of the most like awkward, socially awkward people I've ever encountered in movies. And I'm sure some of that comes from performance, which it's a great performance in that way. But she works at an animal hospital and she meets this guy who she's sort of infatuated with and It's kind of hard to explain without spoiling it or talking for hours about it, but it's very weird. It's dark and strange, and overall, I did like it. I did find that the pacing and flow of the story is a bit stagnant. Like, you can't really tell where it's leading to, how long you have left. Like, it's a bit inert in that way in terms of the direction and the flow, but still a very unique movie in a lot of ways. Oh, and it also has Anna Faris, strangely, in a early role for her the ending 10 15 minutes are pretty crazy i don't want to go into any of it and it's partly in the posters i think they tease it but it has to do with dismemberment and like trying to create her own person and because i think that's in the synopsis so i don't that's not really a big spoiler but a very odd movie not for everybody if you like weird dark horror films check it out it's an interesting character piece and someone who's sort of descending into insanity and doing anything that she can to make herself comfortable and to make herself a friend and feel accepted. So a really bizarre watch, but still refreshing in a lot of ways. All right. Well, I think that is about it for the show. Elle will be back next week. So sorry for the delays when that happens. That's just, it's going to happen sometimes. So we're doing our best there, but Hopefully, just being with me is all right sometimes. Also, coming this Friday will be a teaser of the Halloween Final Trilogy, the 
like reboot trilogy, the Halloween 2018 film, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, plus Rob Zombie's two Halloween films that is now up in full on filmbuds.bandcamp.com, our bonus show page, but I will be releasing a free teaser this Friday, so keep an eye out for that, and please do check out the full show. Besides that, follow us on social media, rate, review, subscribe. As always, please do if you have not yet. We really do appreciate that. It helps us out, and thank you to all those who have. It means the world. Tell your friends about Film Buds. Share it on social media. You can also listen to us on YouTube. We have a YouTube page, and that link is in the show notes as well. And we are in the process. Our end goal for the year, I think, is getting a video camera and starting to have a video presence on YouTube as well as releasing stuff on TikTok and that kind of thing. So keep an eye out for that. That is our end of year goal or to have it done by the end of the year and up and running. So just takes time, takes money, but we do want to get there because we want to keep branching out and growing our audience as we have. And we've had a lot of good listenership as of late. And so we want to just keep moving up and up and up as we have. Okay. Well, as always, hope you enjoyed it even half as much as I did. And I'll see you next time, y'all. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.